Okay, so this morning, um, we were talking about the saints, and, and I was thinking about, um, you know, obviously there's more formalized ways of calling people saints. You know, the Catholic Church has a whole thing. And I was thinking, well, for us in the um, Protestant arm of faith, how do we, what, what determines who is a saint? Is it just somebody that does good stuff? Or, and I was thinking about this, and I think for me, um, being a Bible nerd, like if, it's, if somebody's name is mentioned in a positive way <laughs> um, in the Bible, that's kind of, that we should probably sit up and, and, and take note of that and be like, oh, okay. And um, so today, I want you guys to get your Bibles, and we are going to look at a very unlikely and probably even very offensive heroine um, who not only saves the day for Israel, but she becomes um, kind of this shining star in the world of Christendom, okay? Her name is Rahab, <laughs> who is a prostitute, okay? And um, so we're going to kind of dig into this. So if you guys have your Bibles, please open them to Joshua 2, 1 through 22. It's Joshua 2, 1 through 22. And as you're looking, um, this picks up this story about 40 years after God gets the Israelites out of Egypt, Okay, and so remember, um, the Egyptians load up the Israelites with, like, all this booty. They're like, please leave. Take your plagues with you. <laughs> and so then the Israelites wander for about 40 years in the desert, okay? And so at, at this point, the mantle of leadership has been um, passed on from Moses, who's passed away, to Joshua. And so Joshua... He's like, we're going to take the promised land as God promised to not just our generation, but to the gener all the generations before us, okay? So that's kind of where we're at. So they are right, Israel's camped out kind of like right at the cusp of the promised land. And the gateway city to the promised land is a city called Jericho. How many of you guys have heard of Jericho, right? Like blowing the trumpets and not spoiling anything, you guys. <laughs> um, so that's where we're going to pick up, and we're going to look at that. So go ahead and let's go ahead and start reading from Joshua 2, 1 through 22. Now, hang in there if this seems like a lot, but there's, I want, I, I'm really big on context, right? Context is important. So, okay. Um, so Joshua 2, starting at uh, verse 1. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from Acacia Grove, which is also called um, Shittim. If you say it the other way, you're in trouble. So I think that's why they have Acacia Grove here. <laughs> um, saying, go and scout the land, especially Jericho, because it's the gateway city, right? So they left. And they came to the house of a woman, a prostitute named Rahab, and stayed there. Now, I hope you guys are asking, if you're engaged in espionage, why would the first stop that you, if you're trying to infiltrate a city, be a brothel? It's a fair question to ask, and we'll get, we'll get into it in a second. Um, okay. 
And then, let's say, verse 2, the king of Jericho was told, now, what's interesting, you guys, is we just know him as like a kind of an abstract idea, the king of Jericho. He's not given a name, but you know whose name is mentioned over and over? Rahab. Just, just put a pin in that and put that in the back of your head. All right. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho, once again, he's not mentioned, sent word to Rahab and said, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, for they came to investigate the entire land. Verse 4, but the woman, Rahab, had taken the two men and hidden them, something I'm sure she was probably accustomed to doing. So just... Um, so she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they came from. Verse 5, at nightfall, when the gate was about to close, the men went out, and I don't know where they were going. Chased after them quickly, and you can catch up with them. Verse 6, but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them among the stalks of flax and she had arranged that she had arranged on the roof. Verse 7, the men pursued them. So this is the king of Jericho's men have pursued them. And this is... The king of Jericho's, this is his private guard, like his private attachment. So he's not playing here. So verse 7, the men pursued them along the road to the fjords of, to the fords of Jordan. And as soon as they left to pursue them, the gate was shut. All right, we're picking it up on verse 8. Before the men fell asleep, so these are the two Israelite spies, she went up on the roof, Rahab went up on the roof and said to them, I know that... Does she say that God you serve, that monotheistic God? No, what does she call him? What does the text say? Lord. Super key point. Super key point, okay? Um, that the Lord has given you this land and that the dread of you has fallen on us. Everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. Verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you, when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. Verse 11, when we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven, uh, uh, in heaven above and on earth below. Now please swear to me by the what? Lord. This woman gets who Yahweh is. And it's not just the Yahweh that's out here. Israelites, that's your God. We'll get into this more. But um, it's really, this whole interaction is so interesting. Okay. Uh, verse 12. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my family because I showed kindness to you. So it's kind of interesting. She's not just worried about her skin, saving her skin. She's like trying to protect her family, her extended family that lives in Jericho. Um, uh, so starting with the, the end of verse 12, give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. Verse 14, the men assured her, we will give our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Can we bring up that um, 
the picture of the rock tavern, pretty please. So here's the deal. Um, so I know it trips us out, but in the ancient Near Eastern culture, you saw that there was two rings, there was two walls, right? There's the inner wall um, of Jericho, and then there was the outer wall. All the um, social elites, the people with money, the people with standing, all the bureaucrats, they lived in the first ring. Everybody else lived in the outer ring, right? But what's interesting is that Rahab actually lives in the wall, okay? So maybe you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And this is kind of what it looked like. They literally built, she literally built a tavern uh, in, in the wall, okay? So it's kind of crazy. So pretty much whoever came to invade, guess who would get taken out first? Rahab and then the people living in the first ring, okay? So just a, okay, thanks you guys. All right, so uh, verse 15, okay, so then she's, she lets these, these guys out with a rope through the window, verse 15, since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Um, she tells them, verse 16, go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you. Um, she said, okay, hide yourselves there for three days until they return. Afterwards, go on your way. Verse 17, then the men said to her, we will be free from this oath you made us swear unless when we enter the land, you tie this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your fa father's family into your house. Verse 19, if anyone goes out the doors of your house, his blood will be on his own head, and you will be innocent, and we will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his blood will be on our heads. Verse 20, and if you report our mission, we are free from the oath you made us swear. Then she responds, uh, verse 21, let it be as you say, she replied, and she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. I think that's kind of interesting. She doesn't tarry. She doesn't wait. She does this immediately. So just kind of, um, you know, she's not like, I'm going to ponder. What are my options? No, she's like, she has made what we would call like a public declaration of her faith in Yahweh, even though she is, okay, so she's a prostitute, right? Let's just, we're going to count off all the things that she has going against her, not from our modern 21st day worldview, but from somebody who is a female living in the ancient Near Eastern culture, okay? So she's a prostitute. Okay, that's one tick. She's a woman. That's another one. She is a Canaanite. That's another check. And she lives, <laughs> she runs a brothel. That's another tick. You get the point here? God could not have picked anybody lower to work through. Anybody more despised, okay? And yet, she's the enemy. She is technically the enemy. And yet, God works through her. He speaks to her. Like, she's been aware of how God, how, how Yahweh has moved in the lives of the Israelites. Everybody is. And I think that that just kind of shows God's goodness and his grace. Okay? So, I know sometimes we look at the Old Testament, we're like, man... Whew, that God, fiery and wrathful, man. 
Yes, but he's a just, merciful God as well. And so that there is even one person in the city of Jericho that God's like, I, I'm willing to, you've heard the message, do you accept? And she's like, yes, I accept. So I just think it's pretty, pretty awesome. Shows, shows the goodness of our God. All right. Um, okay, so let's skip ahead real quick to Joshua 6, 20, 22 through 25. So I just want us to get the full scope. All right, so Joshua 6, 22, starting with 22. Joshua said to the, the two men who had scouted the land, go to the prostitute's house and bring the woman out of there and all who are with her, just as you promised her. 23, so the young men who had scouted went in and brought out Rahab and her father, mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and settled them outside the camp of Israel. All right. Um, oh, let's, okay, and we'll, we'll just actually skip down because of time to verse 25. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute, her father's household, and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent to spy on Jericho. And she lives in Israel to this day. You need to underline that, and we'll swing back around. That is super significant. We're going to read stuff that, I mean, even, even though I've taught on this before, and I've studied this, I studied this in grad school, I am still blown away by this story. It is just phenomenal, and I think it just shows the grace of God. And when he gets a hold of us, when we have divine encounters with the, the God of the universe, we are never the same. And it doesn't matter what we've done, what we've come through, from, what we've, people that we've associated, God's like, you are new. You are my new creation, and I got you. I got you. You are no longer associated with what you used to do. You are now, your reputation is built on me. Your reputation is built on who you know. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in what we've done and not who we know. Okay. All right, let's keep reading. Um, obviously, I really like this story a lot still. Bring my stuff over here. Okay, so now, um, like I said, um, one quick thing too. Do you notice how it, two things. Okay, so Joshua sends how many, how many guys? Two. Do you guys remember how many people Moses sent in initially to go scout out the land. How many spies he sent in? Twelve. 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 So I think what's interesting is that, and remember, do you remember when Moses sent his twelve in, right? How many out of the twelve were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get it done. Two. Two. The other ten were like, nah, we're out. We're good. No, there's no way. We're going to get clobbered and just decimated right? And I think what's interesting is that I think Joshua learns from Moses' example, right? Because he probably figures, if I send two guys in, there's just going to be one guy saying, no, don't do it, and one guy that's like, let's do it. This is crazy, but let's do it. So I just think that's kind of an interesting little glimpse into leadership. Um, okay, now, Let's go ahead. Can we show the pictures of Jericho real quick? The walls. So this is how, for the most part, they did things in the ancient Near Eastern 
um, world. Um, so once again, if there was an invasion, right, all the people that lived in the walls would get decimated and wiped out first, right? All the elites were here. You can't get much more, you know, on a low totem pole than where Rahab lived in here, <laughs> in the actual wall. She wasn't even in the city proper, okay? All right, so. And what I think is fascinating is, can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I feel it kind of like, um, so I'm almost 50, and I remember growing up, and it was kind of like the threat of atomic war was kind of still looming, right? That was still... And um, now, with what's going on with Russia, right, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, we're here, how do we get here again? Like, there's just kind of a little bit of a feel, like a heaviness, right? And so, like, I believe Jesus can do whatever, he can save us, right? Okay. But still, there's still this kind of feeling of heaviness and, like, doom a little bit. Because so far we've got, I, I don't know about you guys, and I know every generation feels this, but I feel like we are probably living in the last days, okay? Spoiler alert. Yes, yes. But what's interesting is that this woman who is technically the enemy, how does she, how does she come to faith? How does this happen? Just think about that, the impossibility of this. Like she knows that her city's gonna get just decimated. And yet, I just think it shows the loving kindness of God that he reaches out to her. He, God was probably reaching out to, um, if Jericho knew about this, all of the world at the time knew about what Yahweh had done. Okay? So it wasn't a big secret. And yet this woman responds um, to the message of what we would call the gospel. They didn't have it back then, but we do now, like, you can be saved if through relationship. Okay, can we show the Lego picture real quick? I just, I nerd out sometimes, so this is kind of oops, a great picture of um, <laughs> Rahab talking to the two spies. Okay, now, like I said, also before anybody starts going, well, it's kind of suspicious that, oh, can we pull up the pi picture of Rahab, please, too? So, this is probably a good guesstimate of what she looked like, roughly, okay? She was not blonde hair, blue eyes. She was a Mideastern woman, Canaanite. And um, let me just say this, too. Um, we don't know this, and I think it's interesting that the text doesn't indicate this, but we can look at her and say, ooh, gross, she was a prostitute. Why would you do that? Why would you sell your body for money? Well... I don't think I have read or seen many interviews of people who willingly go into prostitution, male or female. If you have other options, you're going to take the other options. You're not going to try and sell your body for money. And so the other thing is, oh, shoot, it's been 20 minutes. Okay, sorry. Um, the other thing is, if you notice in the text, so I don't think necessarily, we don't know, maybe she was, maybe 
Maybe she liked sex and she was really good at it, so she's like, well, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm going to combine these two. And <laughs> but chances are this wasn't what her first career choice, okay? Number two, did you guys notice how when, it is, when her name is mentioned, it constantly says Rahab the prostitute, right? Rahab the prostitute. Now, what's interesting, I think, is in a lot of Bible commentaries that I've read about this, um, and even other preachers that I've heard talk about this, they, um, they're like, she wasn't really a prostitute because the Hebrew word for prostitute and innkeeper are very similar. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> However, She's mentioned in the New Testament, in the Greek. So prostitute, so what I'm saying is I completely disagree with these Bible commentators that are like, oh, she was just an innkeeper. This woman was a prostitute, okay? Because we have it in the Old Hebrew, right? And then we also have it echoed in the New Testament Greek. She was a prostitute. And it's not because God's trying to shame her. God is trying to say, if I can have a woman who would do this stuff come into relationship with me, I can take anybody. You know, she was, she was from the enemy camp. She was, not, she was not born into Israel. She was not a Jew. I mean, she had all these things against her, and yet God had relationship with her. And I think we just need to get that in our head. God is sovereign. He uses whoever he wants to at any time he wants to. And when you have an encounter with the living God, all the other crap is, is just washed away. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. Your history is rewritten. And God says, you have a heavenly father now. You are defined by my reputation and my relationship with you. And I just think we need to focus on that, and we need to share that message over and over and over and over, especially, especially in this day and age, okay? There is nobody that is beyond the pale of God's grace. Amen? Okay. All right. Now, um, I actually, let's go back real quick, and let's, so what's interesting is that Rahab recounts the details of the Israelites, their story. So she's, I think, probably become a student of their history and their culture. She's not just like, oh, yeah, I remember in the bar once hearing some guys talk about this. No, she, she knows. She's, very, she's intimately involved with the details of the Israelites' story, okay, which shows that she has taken a very personal interest. Like, this just isn't like, you know, water cooler chatter that she's picked up. She's heard this message, and she's internalized it. So it becomes her message. Okay, and what I want us to look at real quick is there's a, okay, I know it might be a little cheese ball, but I just think it's so good and it's so powerful because I can stand up here and we can, and I can tell you, I can recount this story about Rahab. But I think if we could, we could maybe hear it from her lips, it'll carry more water. So can we please run the video that I sent you guys? 
Jews. You see, Israel had a huge army less than 10 miles away, and they were already sending in spies. That could only mean one thing. Jericho's walls would fall, just like every other city that stood before them. Jericho's walls wouldn't keep out Yahweh. And everybody else may have been content to cling to their idols and their gods, but I saw something real in Yahweh. He wasn't just made out of stone or carved out of wood. He was the one true living God that had saved Israel over and over again. And now I wanted him to save me. <laughs> and it couldn't hurt that I had two of his men up on my roof who owed me one. So I went up there. And they came out as they heard me approaching. And then we just sat there, looking over the city, watching the sun sink deep and red into the horizon. And then I kind of just blurted out everything I'd been thinking. I know the Lord has given you this land. There is a fear in Jericho like I've never seen before. Even the king is on edge. We heard about your God and how he made a path of dry land in the middle of the Red Sea and how he completely destroyed the Amorite kings to the east. Your God is the God. He's God of heaven above and earth below. <laughs> and they looked pretty surprised that I knew so much about their God. As I spoke, I felt something that I hadn't felt in so long. I felt this, this hope well inside my chest and, and tears flooded my eyes, my heart that had been hardened by so much anger and resentment and loneliness began to soften. Okay. I just think that's super awesome to see, you know, obviously she's an actress, but speaking these words, I think it personalizes it a little bit more. All right. So maybe you're like, well, Mako, um, there's a lot of people in the Bible that are mentioned, right? They have conversion experiences. Yes, true. But here's a really, really cool thing, you guys. So when she's talking about the Red Sea, right? Uh, do you guys remember the story? You should remember it from your Sunday school days. But, you know, the Israelites are fleeing from Pharaoh, who is just crazed. He just wants to decimate them and wipe them out. Every single one of the Israelites from the face of the earth, right? And so he's got superior military power. He's got chariots, and he's got a fierce army. And they're chasing this, you know, this nation of Israel, right? And Israel comes to the Red Sea. That's as far as they can go. And then God, so there's no way out. There's no little stepping stones. There's no boats waiting for them. So they've got on one side this crazy man who is pursuing them and wants to just wipe out every child, every chicken, everything of Israel. Anything that's, Isra uh, you know, of the Israelites, he wants to stamp out from the face of the earth, okay? And so, they, and then on the other side, their back up is, they're, they're, they've got their backs up against the Red Sea. And what does God do? He's like, 
I make a way where there is no way. I will make a way for you guys. I will make a clear path. So when your foot touches the water, it's going to start to part. And you're going to be putting your your feet on solid ground. Guess what he does for Rahab? There looks like there's no way for Rahab. No way. She's a Canaanite. She's going to get wiped out like everybody else. All the other people living in Jericho. But God makes a way. He makes a way where there's no way. And it's not just for her. It's for her family, too. And I just think it is such an amazing image of the God that we serve, that he's so gracious. And when we're, we've got our backs up against something, and it looks like there, that's it, end of the road. God's like, oh, but wait, but God. God's like, watch me make a doorway. Watch me part the proverbial or maybe literal Red Sea for you and make a way. That's the God that we serve. All right, now, real quick, the story continues. I want you guys to real quickly flip. Remember that when we underlined um, in Joshua 6, the end of, uh, let's see, Joshua 6.25, remember? What did we underline? You guys remember? It says, she, Rahab, lives in Israel to this day. What does that mean? Is she immortal? What the heck? Okay, hold on to that. All right, let's go ahead, actually. I want you guys to look at Matthew 1, 5. Okay. Now, this is part of the um, genealogy of Jesus, right? The beginning of the Christmas story, right? So-and-so begat so-and-so. Usually, we kind of like, we're like, okay, we get it, people made babies, and then those people grew up and made babies, and okay. Here, so two things. In this culture, which we just, we're, we're just different as Americans, who you, your identity was based on your lineage, who you came from. So um, you guys know that we got a new dog, right, like a year ago. And we've never done this before, but we actually went to a breeder talked to the breeder, and the breeder showed us our, the, the dog's, Cora, we named her Cora, um, lineage, like who her grandfather was, who her grandmother was, who her great-grandmother was, who was her great-grandfather, so that we could get an idea of what kind of dog Cora was going to be. You know, did she come from a super aggro-aggressive line on this side? Or is she super lazy from this side? Okay. So for the ancient Near Eastern culture, lineage determined everything. Who you came from determined who you would be. Okay. And what's fascinating, let's read this. Okay. Solomon was the father of Boaz. What does it say? Whose mother was? Shout it out. Shout it out. Rahab. Okay. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. You guys get what's going on here? Rahab, the Canaanite harlot, was grafted into the nation of Israel 
from, she's part of the line of Jesus. She marries Solomon. So what happens is after this story that we just read about, how she is spared, she intermarries with the Israelites. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, and the Bible's full of these stories, you guys. But here's why I think we need to look at Rahab as a saint. She gave up her entire identity and jumped feet first into a new identity. But it was beyond that. It was a different people group with different customs. They spoke a different language. They ate different foods. They celebrated different holidays. She is completely cutting ties with her old self and jumping feet first into a new identity. Where else do we see this? It's like a type. It's called a type, right? We see this throughout the Bible. Abraham did this, right? When he's called out of Ur, leaves his father's land, and God's like, I'm going to use you to start the nation of Israel. You're going to leave everything that you know, everything that's familiar. What's fascinating is, like I said, in this culture, you didn't do that. Your identity was who you were related to. Let's, okay, let's also, I want us to read um, Hebrews 11.30. Talking about this new identity, right? All right. And just real quick, so we're going to look at Hebrews 11.30. And I don't know about your Bible, but at, uh, in my Bible at the beginning, like the subtitle for chapter 11, it says, Heroes of Faith. Okay. So Noah is mentioned, Enoch, Abel, Abraham, okay? Sarah is mentioned, right? Want us to drop down to verse 30? Let's read verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell, fell down after being encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute received the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. Do you guys get this? This here, chapter 11, is the who's who of people that we need to, like, emulate. Rahab the prostitute is in there, you guys. Just let that rattle around. She is mentioned in the same paragraph that Abraham and Enoch and Sarah Just think it shows how God is like, I get to determine if you have faith, and if I call you and you step out in obedience, I'm going to bless that. I'm going to bless you. And it's not like a pay-for-play thing. God is looking for obedience, and he's looking for hearts that will say, I forsake everything that is familiar to come after you, God. And when we do that... He gives us a new identity that is based on relationship, who we know, not who we come from or what we've done. So that's why, and I think nowadays this message is just so important for the world that we live in. 
where everybody is so woke and we're just, every, we're, we're so tribalistic, you know? You belong to, God's sovereign. He's like, I'm going to call whoever I want to. I'm going to call whoever I want to and I'm going to change them and give them a new identity. And I think that if that doesn't inspire hope, then you're dead. <laughs> it should, it just like, should jazz you up. Because we serve a God, the God who made gravity and molecules and um, put our digestive tract together and made black holes. He also loves us so much that he's like, I'm going to redefine who you are. And I hope that um, gives you guys hope. All right, can I have the band come up, please? We're also going to go ahead and do communion, okay? So does everybody have one of these? If you need one, raise a hand and somebody will, okay, here, up top, there you go. <laughs> All right, so I'm not as eloquent as Pastor Josh, but I'm gonna pray over us doing communion. And if you are here and you're not comfortable, that's okay, you don't have to do communion. Lightning is not going to come out of the sky at all. <laughs> Let's go ahead and open up the bread. Lord, thank you for your body. That your body was broken up for us so that we, like Rahab, could have a new life, a new identity, God. By your stripes, we are healed. So with that thankfulness, let's go ahead and take the body of Jesus. All right. And the other part of that equation is the blood. There is power in the blood. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed for us the lifeblood that you shed for us that now runs in our veins, God. We thank you for this. We thank you for the sacrifice you made. And we thank you for the life-giving power that is in the blood of Jesus. Drink now. could have had a 
anthem for her life and be that song. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I, I still just, especially in that culture, like for us in our modern contemporary 21st century world, like we can be whoever we want, right? Doesn't matter what you come from, what your family history is. You can make yourself whatever you want here in America, right? In this culture, who you came from and what you did determined your trajectory and the, 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 the direction and trajectory of your family for generations to come. And I just love how God swoops in to Rahab and says, and she releases it. She doesn't try and hold, you can't grab on to something else if you're holding stuff in your hand, right? It doesn't work. You can't, it doesn't work. You gotta release and then grasp. So I just pray this week, Lord Jesus, if you are calling any of us into new identity, God, with you, and we're like, but I got all this, but, 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 I live in the wrong part of the city, I am doing this, whatever. I pray that you would respond and simply step out, hit your knees and say, God, here am I. Have your way. Whatever you want to do with me, God, you're the God of the universe. I yield. I yield. I tap out to you, God. So if God is putting certain things on your heart or speaking to you, step out. Respond to it. Don't tarry. Do it immediately mm -hmm. like Rahab did. Yeah. And just be encouraged. Go this week knowing that your identity is attached to not who you are, but who you know, the God of the universe. Have a great week, you guys. God bless. Woo!